Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Grown Up Kids. This episode is sponsored by Carissa Weber. Thank, Thank you, you, Carissa. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. Guys, Podmas is over and here we are back to our regularly scheduled program. Kind of newly scheduled program. Right, because with the new year comes new changes, right? Yes. So... Uh, we are switching Grown Up Kids to a bi-weekly podcast. Now, that does not mean twice a week. No. <laughs> that means every other week. Yes. So twice every other Sunday. a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe and three times a month. It depends on how the weeks land. Right. But every other week. Now, we're not doing this to jip you guys of any kind of content, because we don't want to do that. But... We found that over the last year, almost year that we've been doing this, that we couldn't fulfill our Patreon promises to our patrons. Right. We just weren't, we just did not have enough time. I don't know if everybody knows this by now, but we also have another podcast called Swish and Flick, and that one also takes up a ton of our time. Right. <laughs> along with this, along with our YouTube channel, Main Street Nine and Three Quarters. We're just a little busy. We're a little bit busy. So, in order to be able to fulfill the promise to our patrons and launch some new ideas for our Patreon... Oh, yeah. We're freshening it up. Yes, we are. Um, we are going to be alternating episodes between regular episodes and Patreon-exclusive episodes. So, any weekend that we don't put out a regular episode, you're going to be getting a Patreon episode. So, we're going to be alternating between our regular schedule um, that you guys have seen in our Facebook group and everything, just like the normal list of all the Disney films in chronological order. Mm -hmm. Um, But every other week on Patreon, we're going to be doing sequels and direct-to-video movies and Disney Channel original movies and kind of be bouncing back and forth between these um, older films at this point in our podcast, at least older films, and some of the um, sequels and original movies from the Disney Channel. So if you're interested, I mean, that's it's really going to mix it up a lot, you know, because we are yeah. still in the 60s. Obviously, we'll be progressing as we go, but right. it'll be fun. But to... I think by the end of this year, I think we're only going to hit like the 70s. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know. And if you want so. to see the movies we are doing this year, we we wrote them all out for you on a post. I think it's pinned on our page. It's on Facebook. I put our itinerary for 2019 so you can see the upcoming films for this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you want to hear from us weekly, you definitely still will be able to if you become a patron. Uh, we hope that you do join us weekly through Patreon and get to see all those other new goodies that you're eligible for. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on putting together all those welcome packages we promised before. Mm-hmm. We actually have our stuff together. So for all our patients who have been with us since the beginning and any new ones that we just got, like we super appreciate your patience. Yes. You're awesome. Your sticker is coming to you. Mm-hmm. It will be out in the mail by the time you hear this episode. Yep. So check so. it out and support us if you can. And we absolutely want to say thank you all so much for your support through Podmas. Yeah. We made it through. We did. I hope that everybody goes and listens to them. I know that it's a lot at once to put out there, but they're still really good episodes. So mm-hmm. if you have time, check them out. And uh, maybe you'll do it again next year? We're going to do it again next year, guys. <laughs> hint, hint. I figured out our whole schedule for the next like three years and like where things land. And Podmas in two years has some great Christmas movies in it. So <laughs> I have to keep this schedule the way that it is. Because like the Santa Claus is out during Podmas. And that's amazing. Like, how perfect is that? Yeah. Just just for that movie alone. Right. We're going to continue to do Podmas. <laughs> it's all for Tim Allen. <laughs> Our Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you guys for the support. And we hope that you like the changes. Check out our Patreon page to see some of the new stuff. And we're also going to be, um, I'm not done updating it yet. And anything that I add at this point, like current patrons will also like still receive. So, yeah. yeah. Um, no one's gypped. No. And I think that we're going to do, I haven't, I haven't cleared this with Katie yet, but I think oh, we're going to do like, um, 
I don't know if it's going to be quarterly or twice a year, but I kind of want to do like a pin pack that we send to our patrons um, where it'll be like an exclusively designed pin since Disney pins are so big and pins are like such a huge thing in the park. Um, I thought it would be really cool to design some Disney grown-up kids pins. For anyone who doesn't know, that's just code from Meg saying, I want to make pins and have them. So why not give them to other people as well? Yeah, I do also (laughs) want pins. So No, I'm just kidding. That sounds awesome. I just, I love collecting pins and I kind of feel like that's a Disney thing. So it makes sense. But. And I mean like enamel pins. Like cool pins. Like cool enamel metal pins. Not like a button. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that buttons are not cool. Buttons are super cool. But I want, like, enamel pins. We can do these things with the support from our patrons. So if you want to see more cool stuff from us, support us if you can. If not, if you just want to listen, we still super appreciate you. Yeah. Waiting very patiently on the other side of this computer screen (laughs) is uh, a guest that you should know very well by now. She is a seasoned veteran and helping us come back from our Podmas break. I guess we could call it that. We, we had like a, a one-week break. Mm-hmm. So, hello, Jocelyn. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me back again. Absolutely. <laughs> <Anytime>. <laughs> so, today we're going to be discussing um, a sequel. Have we had a sequel yet already? Yes, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, Old Yeller. No, no, no. That's coming up. Yeah. Savage Sam is a sequel to Old Yeller. Um, but, okay, well, doesn't matter. We're discussing Son of Flubber, <laughs> which, which is the sequel to The Absent-Minded Professor. I'm commending them for not just calling it Flubber 2. You know what I mean? Or The Absent-Minded or the Professor absent-minded. 2. Right. Good for them. Original name. Mm-hmm. I like it. My dad asked why it wasn't called Daughter of Flubber, and I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I have nothing. I think it should have been Spawn. Spawn of flubber. Spawn of flubber. <laughs> oh, you know what time it is? The 32nd Disney Dash. No. I think I'm gonna miss the Dance of the Sugar Plums Fairy. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Music. Me too. I was just gonna say that. We don't have our fun Christmas music anymore. I know. Uh, I liked it. Me too. But, you know, the 32nd doesn't change. No. Anyway. So, are you ready? <laughs> no. Not yawning. I'm ready. Get your life together. <laughs> You're doing a 30-second Disney dash. On your mark, get set, go. So we have Professor Ned, again, Brainerd, right? Uh, so he is getting famous for Flubber, but they have to, like, put a hold on paying him for whatever reason or doing anything with Flubber. So he comes up with this new, like, I, I don't really know what it is, but it creates weather and then he destroys the town and breaks glass everywhere, and then they sue him, but then he gets out of it because he made all of the fruits and vegetables grow really huge. 25. <laughs> I didn't know where well you were done. going with that at first, and then you picked it up. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> it was a... I liked this one better. I had laugh out loud moments in this movie, Yeah, but we'll get to that for sure. Agreed. agreed. I liked that Tommy Kirk wasn't like a bad kid yeah. in this one because yeah. like he doesn't play that role well he plays what he played here well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. alright would you like to go next Jocelyn yeah sure alright on your mark get set go alright so Professor Brainerd has been effectively shut down by the government from making any kind of money and now the IRS wants like all, all the money in all the world <laughs> So he tries to create something new and he creates flubbergast, which does make like rain clouds anywhere. And he start and he does destroy the town. There's a football game involved with flying football players and a football that goes off into space. And then he makes the guard like he makes the gardens grow and he is saved uh, from jail. Oh, we're so, so close. close! You finished Dang it on the thirty second mark, pretty much. Oh, we're gonna have to see all that pans out with the sound yeah. clip. <laughs> <laughs> you were so close. I'm like, she's got to be almost done. Oh. Dang it! So close. <laughs> it was that. It was that football. I have talked about the football. <laughs> <laughs> the football. Oh. God. Are you ready? I don't have one prepped, so I'm nervous. Go. What? 
Okay, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Go. All right, so Professor Brainerd, we have him back. Uh, he can't get any money for his flubber from lo- the government from last time, so now he invents flubber gas, which can create weather and, like, control it. And he makes it rain in his little shop. And he makes it rain in that dude's car, and it's hilarious. And then <laughs> they use flubber gas to win a football game, and they sue Professor Brainerd because he broke a bunch of stuff in the town, but he gets out of it because he gets out of everything. 23 seconds. I thought I was running out of more time than that. I forgot about Shelby. Oh, Shelby. Oh, Shelby. Shelby sucks. I don't like him. All right. Son of Flubber is from 1963, and it is, as I said before, the sequel to The Absent-Minded Professor. Uh, Fred McMurray reprises his role as the scientist Ned Brainerd, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He has perfected a high-bouncing substance flubber, as we know from before, that can levitate a car and cause athletes to bounce into the sky, Um, except now he creates gas that helps people float across (laughs) football fields. Um, (laughs) The film co-stars Nancy Olsen and Keenan Wynn, who, fun fact, is the son to Ed Wynn, a.k.a. the Mad Hatter, Mm -hmm. among other roles. But I love that guy. The coolest role, the Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by our boy Robert Stevenson. And many of the cast members from The Absent-Minded Professor also appear in the fl- film, including Elliot Reed and our boy Tommy Kirk. The film Ooh. was shot in black and white, but a colorized version was released in 1997. On good old VHS. Oh, Yeah. So plans to make a sequel to The Absent-Minded Professor were announced in November of 1961. Um, according to Walt's daughter, her father, who hated sequels, made the film only because there were unused gags from The Absent-Minded Professor. So he had so many ideas for the original film that he felt confident enough to do a sequel with the unused footage. I love that about Well, creatives. the unused ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Like, they just have... You'll get so much in your head and you're like, I have to put this somewhere. Yeah. It can't just I can't not, just let it die. Right. It can't just not have yeah. a home. It needs to be somewhere. <laughs> um, so Son of Flubber proved to be an even bigger box office success than the absent-minded professor had been. So it relied on silly slapstick effects and broad humor for kids. Um, it set the tone for live action comedies at Disney for at least the next decade. So, Son of Flummer was a critical... (laughs) Did I say Flummer? (laughs) (laughs) Flubber. Son of Flubber was a critical and commercial success. It grossed $22 million at the box office, earning $7.1 million in theatrical rentals, making it the seventh highest grossing film of 1963, and the film currently holds an 86% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. I, I agree that this film was better. Mm-hmm. I it, agree. I don't know. Like, I, I know that Walt hates sequels, but, like, he saved some... He saved some darn good gags for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the first one made me laugh, but this one had way more, like, bigger... It had bigger laughs for yeah. me. So, and I that agree. obviously watching, was the biggest draw for I'm me. sorry, but watching people walk into the courtroom with those massive vegetables, <laughs> I lost it. She I was did. like, look at the scallions. So she was like, she's like, ah, the scallions. And just and like, let it go. They so huge. And then like the huge head of cauliflower, it was just ridiculous. The cauliflower did get me. I don't know I like why. I carrots because that's like the first. That's, like, the first thing that you see them walking in with, and somebody goes, look at the carrots! And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be as funny as it well, is, it's but ridiculous. It is. That's it's why like, it's funny. What is happening? Oh. All right. Some fun facts? Yeah, go for it. You've got oh. a lot. I think I just have one really big one. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but okay. So, that scene where Fred McMurray is, well, the prof- professor is playing the saxophone. Yes. He's actually an accomplished saxophone player, so he's actually really playing it in that scene. That is cool. I thought was pretty cool. That is cool. So this is Paul Lin's film debut. Uh, I don't really know who he is, but again, I mentioned this for another person. Sally so Field. Right. Um, you may know him from Bye Bye Birdie, Bewitched, Charlotte's Web. He's the voice of Templeton the Rat. Do you know what? That? That's yes. Why he sounded so familiar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And he was even in The Monsters, which I did really enjoy. So who was this? 
I don't remember. The sportscaster. Yes, yes. Oh, the guy that we could The guy stand. that was like being so annoying. Yes. He I was, was like, so oh crazy. my gosh, stop talking like that. You sound ridiculous. I'm like, I tried to imitate him, but I can't now. We did while we were watching it. Yeah. Um. So I know last time Meg and I were like, how are they doing all those effects? Like on the basketball field. Field? Yeah. Court? Court. Excuse me, I you don't watch sports. You the two teams. Yeah. I like how this film, both, like, both films ended with a sports game. Yeah. But they were different. It's true. Although they both did, spoiler, win because of Flubber. Yeah. Um, so the football <laughs> game was filmed on a field construct- constructed in a studio, and the players were suspended by wires. So that's how they got to do all those weird, flippy mm. things. I guess that makes sense. It just looked too fluid for wires to me. That's I why know. I didn't mm-hmm. consider that. Which is good. Yeah. Because it did a good job. Truth. Well, like, what did he call it? The sta- Like, the Statue of Liberty play, where they were, yeah. like, yeah. like the, sa- the standing pyramid of football players. Oh, my God. And they were, like, teetering. Yeah. <laughs> to the, the other side, Miff, to the other side. <laughs> um, so, for this film, in one of the most hapless marketing tie-in attempts in movie history, Hasbro <laughs> Toys, in cooperation with Disney, issued a toy version of Flubber, marketed just before Christmas time in 62. I should ask my mom and dad if they got Flubber for Christmas. Ask them. (laughs) It was similar to Silly Putty. Um, It could bounce like a ball and make comic imprints. Uh, The mixture was a combination of rubber, mineral oil, and green food coloring that had been lab tested with no ill effects and was marketed as being made of, quote, a new parent-approved material that is non-toxic and will not stain. Uh, But within weeks, claims came pouring into both Hasbro and Disney that the toy flubber was causing full-body rashes (laughs) and sore throats in many of the children who used it and resulted in several lawsuits by angry parents. So eventually, after much experimentation and an intense investigation by the FDA... They figured out that it was a property in the mixture of unknown origin. This sounds very flubber-ish. That <laughs> caused an infection in your hair follicles if you played with it. Yeah, really weird. So the product was recalled, but disposing of it was even worse than poor kids getting body rashes. So they tried to incinerate it, but it just produced this big, dense cloud, which is kind of hilarious because I guess it caused weather. That's funny. Oh my god. Um, Around the Providence, Rhode Island garbage dump. Du- dump where they tried to get rid of it so then they had to work with the u.s coast guard to sink it at sea but that turned out to be a fiasco because the next day all of it came floating back into the narragansett bay finally it was decided to use the mixture as landfill buried deep under the parking lot at hasbro's new warehouse just outside of providence but even then Uh, the incredible but true story doesn't end there. It's a popular urban legend at Hasbro, um, that every year during the hottest day of the summer, you can still spot some of the mixture oozing through the cracks in the parking lot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How funny, like, if that was true, though. Flubber can't die, man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It really is the spawn of Flubber. That is so funny. Mm -hmm. I think that's better than, uh... Spelling Dalmatians wrong, or... Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, equal to me as that fake Abraham Lincoln quote from Pollyanna. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Poor Disney. <laughs> Abe Lincoln did not say that quote. Yeah. Nope. Alright, so some reviews of Son of Flubber. So Bosley Crowther in the New York Times called Son of Flubber a, quote, studios, studious repeat or rebound of a good entertainment formula. It is crazy, of course, in the spirit of old-fashioned sight-gag slapstick farce, but it is fun and indeed a bit of a satire on the weird inventions of the new atomic age. It has all the wholesome ingredients of perennial family comedy, including Mr. Disney's infant grandson in a small but expandable role. I bet he was the kid in the commercial. Oh, I bet you're right. That's cool. Um, You'd think I didn't read this, but it just made sense to me. Um, Time Magazine also called the film insuperably sappy, but had praise for the broad humor, and this is what I like. They said, any any moviegoer who needs a good old-fashioned locomotive laugh, it's a flubbergasser. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. That's all you got? Yep. (laughs) All right. This is a lot of characters. I just took I'm them. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but no. 
So first up is Professor Ned Brainerd, Fred McMurray. He hasn't changed. He, like I said before, like in his earlier roles, I didn't really care for him that much, but man, this is his role. He's meant to play this role. I love him as the mm-hmm. professor. Yeah, he's so good. He's just, he's funny at the right times. He delivers everything correctly. Like, he's never he annoying. Is just, yeah. You know, and Agreed. this character could be very annoying. Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. not, to For me. For sure. I also really like his uh, relationship with Tommy Kirk, a.k.a. Biff Hawk, in this film. Like, yeah. So Biff in the last film was not really a very nice person, um, but comes to, I guess, comes to the side of Professor Brainerd, this film, um, and his dad is, like, still the bad guy. But Biff is still there to, like, help the professor out. Um, I like that about Biff in this one, too, because even in the last film, you knew that he kind of, he didn't fully share his father's views. But he did help his dad, um, like, hijack the the professor's car. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this one, he's totally, like, just pretty much cut ties with his dad because he knows his dad's a crook. Like, he'll just, he'll be like, I know, I gotta face it. Um, but yeah, he's totally on the professor's side. He wants to learn from him. He's like experimenting. Like I think he's on his way to being the next Ned Brainerd. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I just, like Tommy Kirk plays the whole like son-like role very well. Yes. And he kind of takes on the role of Professor Brainerd's um, son slash, what is the word I'm looking for? Apprentice, I guess, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and he, he just, they both take on those roles well and, and I, I like them i like that he's a football player who doesn't mind getting into science i think that's yeah. a really good role model yeah. agreed you know yeah because in the previous film he was a basketball player jock who like yeah you know didn't was you know making fun of professor brainerd basically the whole time so it's kind of like nice to see this 180 in a character who kids could potentially relate to and be inspired by right i agree next is betsy so they're finally married in this film. Hooray! Took a long time. Mm-hmm. Four tries. Fourth time's the charm. <laughs> she kind of annoys me in this role, I don't though. Like in this film. I don't like film. her in this film. I like her and I don't like her. She, like, yeah. I mean, like, she's kind of realistic, I guess. Well, I don't know. So she, she isn't, she's very jealous, I guess. She's pretty, like... But, like, so is, so is Ned. Yeah. I mean, they both are. I think that they kind of, like, (laughs) bounce off of each other with their jealousy. And the fact that both of them are so jealous, they're kind of, like, competing for, for who's more jealous, you know? But then that kind of just puts her in this role of annoying wife. And I don't like that. Like, I wanted her to have a better role than that. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the problem is in the writing and direction of of Ned's character, like of Professor Brainerd, because throughout the movie, you know that he, like, he should focus, like, a little, like, like you, like, you're constantly reminded, there's no money, we need money, we're starving, Mm -hmm. the college is going to close, like, like, we need to come up with, like, an actual, like, solution. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same, but you want to go along with his ideas, you want to reach to the stars. You want to, like you want to go to the stars with him. Yeah, right? which yeah. is is really gr- like which is great. But that leaves bet like especially Betsy stuck in the like I I want you to reach to the stars, but I also want to be a like not starving when you do reach them. Mm-hmm. So can we pot like can we? Because she never she never fully like fully fully tells him no. Right. She's always like, can we pause, get some money, and then proceed like do we have to do this all at once and i think that does kind of like lend her into the more like nitpicky cornered character that does come off as a little like a little bit redundant and whiny throughout the film yeah Yeah. that's that's all that's all really fair i understand her role like i understand i understand yeah like what they're trying to get across with her but it does come across as just like whiny i did like when she pretended to be ned though on the phone Oh my gosh! And okay. and Desiree was like, "Oh, are you not feeling well?" <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um. All right. Next up is Alonzo P. Hawk, who is Ugh. played by 
Keenan Wynn, who is Ed Wynn's son. I didn't make this connection in the first movie. I can see it now. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so he plays the bad guy. So again, so in this movie, Alonzo is now after Ned because he broke all of the glass all over the city. So he's the one that comes after him and sues him for damages. He's more ruthless in this one than the last one. I agree. The last one was more like silly villain. This one, Mm -hmm. he's like, if I don't have my money. He went on this entire monologue within the first five minutes of the movie. And I was like, whoa. He's like, bulldozers will be there three minutes after nine. And I'm going to crush your dreams pretty much. It was terrible. He is just kind of like super villain in this one. He's not a nice Mm -hmm. person. Which makes me even happier that Biff has decided to agree not follow in his father's footsteps mm-hmm. yeah yep so aj allen this is edwin <laughs> so he is one of the police officers and he is the witness at the end of the film that basically gets ned off yeah i liked i just love edwin i love he pretty much <laughs> plays the same character in every role He's typecast <laughs> yeah but like but he does it well it fits so well wherever walt puts him it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I love his little, like, hand-over-the-mouth giggle. That's my favorite thing about him. <laughs> and he does it in every film. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's the one that introduces us to the uh, huge vegetables, so how can you not like him? <laughs> right. And that was hilarious. He's the first new character we're talking about, so should we place him? Oh, yeah, he is new. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go Gryffindor, because... I think that he is pretty brave to get up on that stand and go against the clearly better prepared offensive side of the battle. But also, I'm going to place him in Hufflepuff because he really cares about food. That's what I was going to say. You cannot get that excited about giant food and not be a Hufflepuff. I think he's a Griffin Puff. I can accept that. I was going to say Huff, like Huffledore. Okay. All right. One or the other. Like, just because I feel like he's, yeah, he's brave, but I feel like he's, because of how, how, like, how much he cares about the town, and because of how much he cares about the food, that, like, encompasses all, like, all the things, all the things. Yeah. And I I loved, like, I loved his long, like, his long, like, when Professor Brainerd was, um, like, how's the soil here? He's like, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about this soil. I, I have examples. Let me pull out of all of these pockets these examples. Here's yeah. what we've got. I had a rutabaga somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. He reminded me of Haggard with all of his pockets. Yes. Yes. Um. All right. So next up, we could talk about the sportscaster. Mm-hmm. Paul Lind. So this is Paul Templeton. Lind. Templeton. Um... <laughs> He was funny, but he really annoyed me. His his mouth is like his teeth; they're weird. Like his mouth is made to make a weird voice. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, and like I knew it was like supposed to be obnoxious, but yeah. I still wanted to be like, stop talking. <laughs> I know. I was like, stop talking like that. You don't have to talk that way. You're doing this on purpose. Oh my god. <laughs> but it was funny. Uh, I yeah. lo- I loved him. I thought <laughs> <laughs> his his backhanded compliment, like all of like all of his backhandedness, was just so great. Yeah, yeah. And I you're think. like, oh, there they go again. Oh, yeah, Medfield. Oh, little Medfield, and <laughs> their go team. Oh, so great. He was funny. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think we can really place him though. Yeah, I don't think we know enough about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and I kind of already talked about Biff. Professor Shelby. Ugh. Shelby, <laughs> go away. Get a life somewhere else. This guy. Sorry, I don't like him. Can you tell? so obnoxious. I literally wanted to punch him in his lobster face at that Halloween party. <laughs> lobster! <laughs> I have something I want to say, but it's one of my favorite things. So I'm going to save it. Okay. Well, it was very satisfying seeing him drown in his car. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that the police officer opened the door. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was what, like, I just, I'm watching that scene. And I know the script says, you know, don't, like, don't open the doors. Don't roll down the windows because, you know, for comedic effect. And I'm just thinking, 
who in their right mind would not like if it's raining <laughs> on the inside but it's dry on the outside who would not roll down the window right. so, like or open the like open the door i thought so, of that too yeah but watching him swim was very very satisfying oh, oh i mean watching him fly well i don't know dive out of the car was definitely oh, hilarious so i just crazy. i just want nothing to do with him though yeah, oh, yeah. then he gets caught by the police again <laughs> dude that was so satisfying i actually really wanted ned to like bounce on his car again just for the satisfaction of like saying yeah it's me what up but it was still i mean he still obviously knew that it was him so it was fine, but I was like, make it rain and then bounce on his car for thunder effect. I did it would want be perfect. That, to <laughs> that was funny. All right. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about? We should probably talk about this person. Desiree Della Roche. She's the she's the girl who's always with Shelby, right? Are they getting married? Mm-hmm. Are they married? No, I think they're just friends. They're just friends? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he brought her just to try to distract ned while he won betsy back because she is the worst as well because yeah like she knows what the plan is clearly she knows that she needs to keep him occupied and keep him distracted and make it look and seem a certain way whenever betsy comes in or something like that and it just it irks me that somebody would do that to another person both Desiree and Shelby, I can see why they'd be BFFs because they're both trying to be homewreckers. Yeah. And I don't appreciate it. I know. Mm mm. Shelby is talking to Betsy being like she's she's happily married and he's still like, Well when you're in love, blah 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 blah. No. Back up. I know. Yeah. Not not a fan. Not a fan. Neither. I did a, I did appreciate Desiree's use of pearls, like her pearl necklace to keep oh, Ned yeah. at the Halloween party. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. But poor Ned. That was a long, that was a long, that was a very long necklace. Yes. It, it had to have been costume jewelry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't even want to put her anywhere because I didn't like her. I don't know where she would go, honestly. I guess probably Slytherin because she's pretty cunning along with Shelby. They're both pretty cunning. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to put him there, but it's fine. The uh the pieces that make Slytherin good also make Slytherin bad. So Yep. Yeah. It is what it is. That is why my house is so divided. Hey, that's the same with Hufflepuff. Loyalty is not always a good thing. Or being kind is good mm. to a point until you let people walk all over you. Yeah. Yep. There's there's good and but bad to every quality. Being kind and letting people walk all over you is not evil like being cunning could be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be on your side I know, here and help I know. Out. I just I just I know that cunning and shrewd and all those good things are are also bad things. So I understand. There is both light and dark inside of all of us. Thank you, Sirius. You're welcome. I appreciate it. All right, favorite character scene? Sure. All right, my favorite character in this one is a combination of Ned and Tommy Kirk. Mostly their relationship. I always call him Tommy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Biff. Ned and Biff. Their their relationship together I really liked in this film. I Again, like I said, I liked the whole kind of apprentice, father-son type relationship that they had going on. Um So I can't really pick between either of them. Uh, My favorite scene, I think that it's going to be the scene where Ned makes it rain. Not the giant food? Tied with the giant (laughs) food. But gosh, watching the rain in the car and then having the police catch him and him falling out, it was just so satisfying. It really was. It was so satisfying. Also, what are you doing driving in flippers? Yeah. I have no sympathy (laughs) for you, Shelby. I don't have any sympathy for him anyway, even if he yeah. was driving in proper shoe attire. I don't care. Jerk. <laughs> okay. How about you, ahead, Jocelyn? Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Favorite character? Well, I mean, like, the sportscaster is definitely, he's definitely up there j- <laughs> just because, like, just because it was my kind of humor. This is why we have guests. About me. Yeah. This is why we have guests. Because me and Meg are like, oh, he was so annoying. And Jocelyn's like, I loved him. He was great. <laughs> he was 
great. Um, I would probably say AJ Allen because because I mean Edwin was so he was just so good. He was. He was small, uh, ball, but really good. Golden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite scene? Pro- it was probably just like the whole the whole courtroom scene. From Betsy taking up, a, like, I'm pretty sure she took, like, a half hour. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. To, and, not gonna lie, I feel like, like, she stopped, like, mid-story at one point, because Edwin showed up, and I think the judge wanted her, like, was like, wait, you're, you're not, yeah. you're not done. I want, yeah, like, he was like, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Um, but yeah, just that whole, that whole courtroom scene at the end was great. It was good. Uh, my favorite character was the professor. Just because I liked him even more in this one than the last one. Yeah, Fred McMurray keeps surprising me with these roles. And we have more movies to look forward to with him in. Good. Um, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> he's just like, he's just, he's less absent-minded in this one. <laughs> but, um, <sh. laughs> but truthfully. Um, but funnier. Which leads into my... Yeah, you're right. He's not forgetful at all in this no, film. No, and he's not like, he's not as scatterbrained. It's yeah. like he got married and it, like, it fixed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why it's called Son of Flubber, not Absent-Minded Professor 2. True. He's not absent-minded. He got some brains. Um, and there are so many amazing scenes in this. Like, from the first time he makes it rain in a shop and he's just, like, he doesn't realize it's raining yet. <laughs> and he's, so like, great. just brushing like- it off his ear. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> wiping his glasses off. And yeah. then he's like, oh, it's, oh, I get it. Charlie, um, it's raining. Right. Oh, and then Charlie, like hiding under the rug and yeah, hiding that was everywhere. So cute. Um, and, and all the, the glasses breaking. And the car when they filled the car with the water. But my favorite quote in the whole movie, I had to look it up so I would get it right. It's when they're at the Halloween party. I think it's a Halloween party. I don't know. Whatever they're dressed up for. Halloween party. And uh, Betsy realizes that Ned is there. Didn't think that he would be there. Thought he'd be at home, all sad and lonely and hungry. So she gets all cheesed off, and they go and head to the door, and of course, here comes Shelby. He's got to interfere, and Ned can't stand this guy, and he goes, look, Neptune, why don't you just submerge? And I <laughs> lost it. Oh my god, it was so funny. And, like, he, he delivered it so good, in only, like, a perfect Ned Brainerd way. Look at Neptune. Why don't you just submerge? <laughs> awesome oh and before i forget i forgot about that what did you say jason i'm sorry oh no just that was so like that was such a good line i loved it i'm gonna use it all the time and before i forget when all the glass is breaking and the milk breaks and that spills all over the ground and then there's like 50 cats drinking it out of the street that that was was great hilarious yeah. Because I literally thought in my head, I was like, oh man, cats would love that. And then they all <laughs> appeared. <laughs> there they were. Oh, all right. Least favorite? Shelby. <laughs> I mean, I never would have guessed. <laughs> I, I don't even need explanation. I just don't like him. He's not a nice person. Though it is kind of tied closely behind Des- with Desiree. Um, their, their relationship together just really irks me. How, yeah, they're just homewreckers. And it's like, that's not, that's not cool. Mm-mm. But I don't have a least favorite scene. Again, like, this movie was great. I never would have... I'm not kidding, guys. Before starting this podcast, I never would have guessed that I would ever say that I loved a film from the 60s. (laughs) This has really surprised me. Like, I can't... uh, And I just... I really liked it. I've liked a lot of these movies. The 60s are treating me much better than the 50s. That's all I'll say. Oh, the 50s, the 50s gave me Cinderella. Oh, the 50s. And I will appreciate the 50s for Cinderella. Yeah, but Cinderella was 1950. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You had all those other years. Oh, God. That's funny. <sighs> Wasn't it Sleeping Beauty hope. 59? That's true. It's the beginning so, and the end. Everything else in the middle. So, yeah. I, I thank the 50s and commend them for Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, but you could take the rest, folks. I oh, like funny. the 60s, though, and I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. No least favorite scene from me. Uh, For me, I, I mean, Shelby was probably my least favorite character just because, you know, homewrecker. I thought he, I thought he was good. Like, he, like, he provided good... good annoying. Yeah. Good I mean, annoying like, tension. His, his character was necessary, but I don't yeah. like him. 
But no. Oh, yeah, no. Not at all. Uh, least favorite scene just kind of follows along with that. The first dinner where Betsy's like, get like, guess who's coming to dinner? And he's like, who? She's like, he's really not. He's like, no. And then he Shelby shows up with Desiree purposely to bring them, bring her and Ned back together. Yeah. yeah. And to pull him away from Betsy so he could swoop in. And I mean, like the ha- like the Halloween party, like I could totally like that fit. It was funny, but like having like doing that for like the dinner, like I mean, that was just kind of smarmy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> smarmy. Um, least favorite character definitely Shelby. He's a return villain. I didn't like him in the last one. I liked him even less in this one. Yep. Um, and yeah, paired with Desiree for the ex- exact same reason that Meg said: don't be homewrecker. Don't come in and try to ruin a good thing. Right. Don't be that person. Um, and I don't have a least favorite scene either. Honestly, like, it was really funny the whole way through. I will say, for some reason, it felt a little long. It did. But I wasn't, mm-hmm. at the same time, I wasn't bored. Like, I don't know how to explain that. I Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because I felt yeah. the same way with Pollyanna. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it just felt a little long. And and I wonder, though, if that's just because we're finally, like, getting into films that are actually pushing two hours and it's kind of becoming more of the norm. Um, and that yeah. is the norm nowadays, really, uh, is, like, two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, like, something like that. But, like, we're used to, like, an hour, an hour and 15, an hour right. and a half, like, at the most. And, like, now they're getting a little bit longer, so. More involved. Yeah. 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 But yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, I like this one better than the first. Highly recommend. And I kind of went into it wondering, like, I, not that I thought I wouldn't like it, but I was like, eh, I don't know. Sometimes it was a sequel. sequels aren't good. Right. Yeah. But I loved it. Unless they're Toy Story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or Mary Poppins. I, oh, yeah, I know. I did like that. I know that might be a controversial opinion, but I agree. Fight me. I really loved Mary Poppins Returns. Off topic, though. Um, I did like that, too. <laughs> Um, so what we took away from it, uh, A, don't be a homewrecker, B, <laughs> be imaginative and be creative because sometimes you may get in a slump with it and it, life may come at you and tell you to not be creative, but push through it because it'll pay off in the end, whether it's just for personal gain or actual financial gain, like who knows what can happen. If you're meant to be creative, you'll be creative and you'll be successful with it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, mine's pretty similar. Um, during the court scene, Fred McMurray gives like that wonderful like monologue bit about making mistakes. Yes, and oh, it that was like so that was great. like that alone. I was like, like I didn't. It was almost like I didn't need to see any other part of the movie. Just like, just that bit. Yeah, because he's like even because even if you fall flat on like even if you fall flat on your face, you're at least moving in the right direction, which is yeah. forward. And the prosecutor was like, so like. Do you, you encourage mistakes? And he's like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, dang straight, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I He sounded much better than that. I did. It was almost like that section of the movie was its own movie on it, like, completely on its own. You it's, know what I mean? It's basically like they gave Fred McMurray the monologue to wrap up what this movie is supposed to mean to you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like... He kind of delivered what we try to gather from the films in this section of the podcast. Like, he just delivered it perfectly in words right there. And that's exactly what that movie, like, is supposed to mean. Yeah, for Mm. sure. I like that a lot. I dig it. So thanks for reminding me of that, because that is definitely a takeaway. Um, Also, trust your partner. Mm -hmm. Don't be jelly. Don't be jelly. Don't be jelly. Um, And... Yeah, like, you know, you might find yourself, kind of like what Meg said, you might find yourself in a financially hard situation, but make sure that you're doing something you love. Because can you picture Ned Brainerd in doing anything else? job from nine to five. Yeah. He would, he would He die. would hate it. He would hate it. Like, and I've always, sorry, go ahead. He might not have 50 cents to give for the paper, but it but good things happy? come to him. He doesn't starve. He still has a house over... A roof over his head, a house yeah. over his head. <laughs> I just think I mean? that it's always more important to do what makes you happy over what makes you the most money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. I agree. It's an important lesson. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is meant to be a surgeon or 
I don't know, a banker on Wall Street or something. Not everyone's meant to be a scientist or a not creative Not everybody at all is meant whatever. to be a podcaster and not everybody is meant to be a graphic designer. Like, it's, you know, yep. you just are supposed to do what is meant for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Very philosophical. Disney memory. We got real deep. Yeah, Disney memory. Oh, well, really quick. Any last thoughts on the movie? Uh, One quick one. Um, It's not so, like, I, I, I'm going to have to go back through the movie again to, like, really remember the characters but one of the characters mr barley who i just can't seem to place was he was played by jack alberson that was grandpa joe in <gasps> wally and wally willy sorry not wally willy wonka and the chocolate factory oh. what right <laughs> i love grandpa joe i know he's the best that's awesome that is cool that was that nowhere cool, fun, fun facts fact. yeah okay, i Justin. like i just looking at like looking at the cast list i'm like that name sounds so familiar and I was on IMDb, and they had two different guys credited for... One was called, like, Father in Commercial. The other was called, like, Husband in Commercial. I'm not sure. I need to go back and rewatch and see if they actually are different. Because one of them was Wally Bogue, who was Pecos Bill in the, the Golden Horseshoe Review. Oh. And he was... Um, Jose, and he's the voice of Jose in Tiki Room. Got it. That's cool. Awesome. So, I love park tie-ins. I know. So there, there's your park tie-in. Sweet. I forgot to mention also how hilarious that commercial was. Oh, oh my gosh. god, I lost it. So great. So funny, because it was like, it was the best infomercial. It was. Hands down. It beats ShamWow, it beats Bass Buddy. Oh, Bass Buddy's a good one. I though. know, oh, I know. Yeah. But like, it was the perfect, like, I'm a human being who doesn't know how to function in normal life. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in the door and then slip. I walk yeah and I slip and then I walk in the kitchen and I slip on eggs and then the whole family is battered and bruised because we don't know how to walk <laughs> around our own home so here have yeah. some rubber floors and then they're all happy and perfect and their little acrobatics were amazing and oh making me God. laugh it was really cute it was funny mm-hmm. oh so good do you have anything so, to add? I liked it <laughs> go watch it short and sweet <laughs> I liked it. It was great. I like turtles. I like turtles. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. All right, Disney memory. So this one comes from another Megan. And she spells her name correctly. Okay. I like it. <laughs> so she says, hello, my name is Megan. I'm a theater arts teacher to middle school middle schoolers in New Jersey. I've been listening for a while and you guys make my long car rides and my breaks at work much more enjoyable. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for listening. So my Disney memory doesn't start in the parks like a lot of other people. Mine starts at home with a VHS tape. As a kid, I didn't like waking up in the morning. (laughs) My parents said I was a nightmare in that department. They had tried everything to get me to wake up and nothing worked. So they put my favorite movie into the VCR and put the volume on high. The second I heard the opening of Circle of Life, I would immediately wake up and come running from my room yelling, King, King. So every morning I would wake up and watch The Lion King. Every morning. My parents say they got they got a little sick of it after a while, but it was the only way they could wake me up. That's hilarious. <laughs> my favorite character was and always will be Rafiki. He made me laugh as a kid because he was so crazy and kooky. So Rafiki was my favorite and Scar terrified me. That part of the movie I would end up huddled under my blanket and hiding from the screen. I love The Lion King so much so that still when I was very young, my father took me to see it on Broadway. To this day, my father is still mad at me for not completely remembering it. (laughs) I have a vague memory of giant elephants walking down the aisles, but that is pretty much it. So note to any parents out there, don't take your children to a Broadway show if they're too young to remember it. I have never heard the end of it. You should go again because it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome and it is still on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I personally And it travels all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. in Cleveland, like now I think, or in a week or something. That's your homework, Megan, to go and see this again. Yeah, go see The Lion King on Broadway again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally like to believe that my little Gryffindor heart is the reason I love The Lion King so much. But hey, you never know; it's a great movie. Oh, that's awesome! That's so funny that that's how maybe that's how I need to wake myself up because I hate oh, the man. wake up process. Oh. You want to know what I need to do now until I don't know forever is just play Taylor Swift's Reputation Stadium tour on Netflix early in the morning, and I'll wake <laughs> up and watch it. She'd spring right out of bed. I would. Yeah. I want to go watch that again, like right now. Everyone should go watch it. It's very good. It is. My Netflix. Girl hey, Taylor Swift. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. 
<laughs> I don't know about high volume, though. Those blessed parents for turning that all the way. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nah! You know? <laughs> Loud. How? I'm pretty sure the neighbors are like, thanks for the wake-up call. Right? <laughs> this isn't a hotel, sir. Like, it's not a hotel. <laughs> Someone else writes in with a Disney memory. Every morning, my neighbors would blare the Lion King. <laughs> and that's why I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to have your Disney memory featured on the show, because we're doing them again, because yes, we're we out are. of every day, uh, please email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It can be anything Disney related. So send it our way and we will be sure to read it on a future episode. Special thank you to Jocelyn for once again, not only being <laughs> our guinea pig with another project we're trying to work on before we started recording, but also for being here with us. What you bring to the table is always great. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's all—it's always so much fun being here with you. It's fun. Virtu- virtually, through Skype. Aw, <laughs> <Aww>, digital hug. <laughs> digital hug. <laughs> oh, it's still me. Okay. Yeah, Grown-up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. And don't forget, it's bi-weekly now, unless you're a patron. Yep. So you can also find us on social media. On Facebook, we're Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to Extra Magic Hours, which will be our new bi-weekly bonus episodes. Um, you can listen along with us, hopefully in the next couple weeks on Discord as well as a patron. So we're hopefully going to be trying to do live podcasts via Discord um, where you can join in on the conversation as we record through the chat rooms and Discord. And then you guys would have access to the Discord chats like at chats at all times. So like if any people in Grown Up Kids wanted to just talk, you have access to talk to each other through the channel. It's like you're a virtual guest. It's basically like the old chat rooms back in the day but like for grown-up kids throwback to any of our (laughs) 90s brethren out there (laughs) um also you can find the list of all of the movies that we're going to be doing and discussing on the podcast on our facebook discussion group so you can check that list out if you want to be on the show with us see if what's available and then just comment on that post or email or message us and i will get you on the list Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to watch Miracle of the White Stallions ahead of our next episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.